0: Gentlemen, welcome to the Be The Man Podcast. I'm your host, Greg Denning. I'm sitting in this little farmhouse we rented in the French Alps. Looking out the window uh, at the Alps, and I think one of the peaks we can see in the distance is actually Mont Blanc. Uh, we're in this just picturesque valley with the fields and the farms and horses and cattle and forests mountains all around it is absolutely stunning and we we love france our whole man our whole family loves france we love the french food and the french culture we love the french language uh, we're, most of us are actually actively learning french and we love being up in the mountains man it's awesome so it's just fun fun to take the family and, and go out and have uh, epic adventures and went out running with my kids today and you couldn't you couldn't ask for better views if so we go out with a run with my teenagers and then took a really early this morning took my dogs out across the fields and through the forests and across the streams and man it's just just awesome to be alive and to feel alive especially because the last um I don't know the last week I've been sick i got some kind of nasty sickness and and i got an abscess in one of my teeth and so, with a toothache and illness, man, it just takes you out, and you feel like garbage. So it's good to start feeling good again. So today, man, I just wanted to talk about these these tendencies we have as men, um, just kind of you know the manly things. And of course, there's a variety uh, for all of us, uh, but there's also some some common denominators. And I wanted to talk about this idea that you know occasionally they can they can be good for us but they can also be detrimental. They can be a source of recovery and rejuvenation or a source of distraction. And they become kind of a a way to hold us back. They become limiters. So it it could be anything, right? Um, A a lot of men love cars and trucks and cool things. So whether you're into fast cars or big trucks or overlanding rigs, you know, off-roading, you know, that's, that's pretty common and men love that stuff and it can be a really fun outlet a way to bond with other men and, and just cool adventures i i absolutely love that i you know i love the sports cars and the big trucks and off-roading, especially and overlanding that's kind of my thing i love setting up vehicles that just can go anywhere and you're kind of independent and ah, it's so fun i love that right but it can become an obsession uh, it can become a religion, <laughs> it can become um, a form of well, in in all these things, this one and, and all of them, it can be actually become a form of adultery, where and I know it's a weird kind of um, analogy metaphor, but it's like where you're you're cheating on your wife, so to speak, because you give whatever the thing is. More time, attention, devotion, focus, resources—you spend more money, and effort, and thought on your cars or your truck than you do with your wife and your children, and and that's when it goes too far. So I, I guess with everything we're going to talk about today, the invitation is look, just take a, just take a quick look at your life and be like, what's what is it that does it have a proper place? That's the question, right? Does this is this thing serving me and helping me, or is it getting in the way? So something else is like um, guns, or knives, or swords. Uh, obviously, not all guys are into guns and knives, stores, but a lot of guys are. I'm, I I love swords. I love knives. I love guns. Uh, same thing. Does it have a proper place in your life? Is it you know do you spend too much time, too much effort, too much energy? Too much money with those things. Do they become? And and you can always test yourself, right? Here's you have to do these little ex, examines, ex, um, examinations, and like like you go you go for a physical exam, right? You're going in to check things out, just make sure everything's working properly. With with all the things in your life, please do that same thing. Just check yourself. Say, hey, is this going a little too far? Am I getting a little too obsessed? am i getting out of balance am i distracted am i uh overly focused am i neglecting other important things because of this this one of these tendencies and again i'm calling them i'm calling them you know manly tendencies because they're they're pretty common for a lot of men not all men but pretty common for a lot of men and i think everything that i'll touch on today at least every man has some kind of interest or or passion with it and so we just have to stop and ask ourselves, like, where, where am I? And so as I go through this, just, just do that with, with me. Say, hey, where, where's, the, where's the balance on that? And I totally get and actually sometimes teach when I'm, when I'm coaching, and we're talking about in the Be The Man Masterclass or with my coaching clients, there are times to temporarily and as briefly as possible to get out of balance, to get obsessed or passionate or driven, or really focused on something to get it set up, or to get it going, to give it some momentum, or drive, or purpose, there there definitely are times to get out of balance, 100%. But the key is that it needs to be purposeful, designed, deliberate, and temporary, right? And and just a quick note on balance. I, I've talked about this in other podcast episodes and in my coaching. The whole idea of, like, pure balance is an illusion. Um, it's not real. And balance does not mean everything gets equal time and attention. I, I think the best way we could all define and, and pursue balance is that everything has appropriate time and attention. And for me, appropriate is in order of priority, like, what are truly, genuinely the most important things in your life and then live accordingly, act accordingly, align your schedule and your days and your thoughts and your actions and your habits, your routines, your rituals. Align those all with the things that are most important. What's very, very common for most men is the things they say are most important are not manifest in the things they consistently do. And their schedule doesn't reflect their priorities. Their routines and habits do not reflect their priorities, at least not their spoken priorities. So then then you step back and say, well, gosh, man, uh, it's it's important, I think, for us to ask ourselves, like, are what are my real priorities? Are they the things I say or the things I do? And I think often that the things we do are revealing right they're revelatory to our true priorities so if we say that family's most important but we spend most of our time and thoughts and resources on other things then then really that maybe that maybe that's not true maybe the real truth is that the things that that are actually most important to you are proven by your performance it's where you spend your time effort and energy that's and your devotion like eh, that's actually that's what's most important to you, and, and it's, it's, that's difficult and uncomfortable because you might realize, Mac, man, I spend way too much time looking at my phone or way too much time watching Netflix, right? And if, if you're spending an exorbitant amount of time or thought or energy, you, you, you might be doing other things but thinking about the show or thinking about whatever or just you, you might even kind of be unaware of how much time you spend on your phone. And, and I don't think any of you would say, yeah, my phone is the most important thing in my life. But interestingly, it might be getting the most attention and devotion and focus from you. And so then, if your life were a silent film, which that's one of my all-time favorite mental exercises, is just imagine your life being a silent film. You can't say anything. So the only thing that viewers can um, judge on are your actions. And so if your life were a silent film... And let's say you spend just tons of time on your phone, the viewers are gonna be like, Man, this guy really loves his phone. He he's so devoted. It must be one of his highest priorities. It must be one of the most important things in his life. You guys with me on that? And so we we've gotta we've gotta assess how, how these things, these these manly tendencies are fitting into our life. So, you know, vehicles, um, Guns and ammo and knives and swords. How about tools? A lot of guys love tools and and tinkering and workshops. Again, awesome, right? Very cool. I, I like that too. I like I like the tools. I like fixing things in the garage and I like fixing things in the house. I like building things. I like creating things. And my and I man, I love doing it with my kids. So here here's an actually an interesting one. And as you're thinking through all the things that you do, is it is it uh, is there a way that you can include your family in those things that you love to do? Uh, for me personally, that that was kind of my rule. When, when Rachel and I got married, um, I wanted her to be included in some of the things I pursued, but she just didn't like them. Uh, there were certain things that she just she tried, and she's like, yeah, I just don't like it. And so then I'm like, man. Argh. So then if I'm spending time doing that, it's spending time away from her, and it really just it was hard for me. And I didn't want to do that because I wanted to be with my family. So then um, we found things that we love doing together, but I still had my things and I, you know, they weren't detrimental. I, I was always assessing like, is this adding value to my life? And I love It makes me feel alive. I'm going to keep doing it. But I really wanted to include my kids. And so I got to a point where I'm like, you know, I'm really, I'm really not going to do anything unless I can include my family because truly, genuinely, my family is the most important thing in my life. And so that is reflected in my life. And, and again, because I've been assessing this for the 23 years we've been married, if if you could see a quick uh, you know, timeline or time lapse video of the last 23 years, and it was a silent film, you would see that I have prioritized my family. I spend the vast majority of my time with my family, and the things I pursue, I always take a kid or two or seven with me. And so that was kind of a rule. When the kids came along, I was like, hey, I'm gonna the things I love. I'm gonna do." uh, with my kids, uh, you know, like snowboarding, I love snowboarding, but, you know, the kids, when they were really little, they couldn't snowboard, so I didn't snowboard, um, and I was, I, you know, I missed it, of course, but I'm like, well, I'm gonna spend time with kids, and I do other things with them, so then you take everything, like, uh, woodworking and building things or tools, whatever, and I'm like, can we include the kids? Absolutely you can, and it becomes, you know, don't force them, um, if, if they have no interest, but you can, and in, in all the things that you love, it, whether you're, whether or not your kids get interested in it, are often by how you approach it. If you try to force it or you make it unpleasant or you make it seem unpleasant, then your kids are looking at you and they're like, why would I want to do that with dad? He looks miserable. Like, like working out, right? A lot of dads work out and they work out hard and then they're like, oh, and they make it look so miserable and so unfun that their kids are like, Ew, no thanks count me out. I don't, I don't want to do that. And so I tell my guys, I'm like, look, man, if you want your kids to exercise, then make it appealing, make it attractive. And it it all becomes like how you engage. So if if you want your kids to do meaningful things with you, then make it seem attractive. Does that make sense? Right. Your kids, they're just small. They're just watching, they're observing and, and they're drawn towards, you know, attractive things. So, you know, that, that beautiful word of attract, to, to be drawn towards it. So make the things you're doing attractive. So one of them was, um, you know, I, I wanted to do woodworking. And, and, and I you know, I have a couple of kids that like it. But I, I found over the years, so our oldest is 21 and our youngest is 7. And over the years, I found I, I needed to have something, one or two things that was unique to each child. And, of course, there was some overlap where a couple of them would like it or three of them would like it over here and this. And so I ended up learning how to do a lot of things and getting into a lot of things and encouraging them in their interest and, and pursuing those things with them and encouraging them, uh, inviting them to participate with me in some of the things I like. And there's always been a few in, in different things. So I ended up doing a lot of things. So I have had, enjoyed a lot of diversity and a lot of growth and expansion into different aspects of life because of that. It's been it's been really really rewarding. Extremely rewarding as a as a man, as a husband, as a father to pursue all things with my wife and kids. So, you know, we we I have one son that just loved the woodworking side, so I'm like, "Man, let's let's learn how to make some unbelievable things." So, he and I together built uh a huge table, just a big old thick wooden family table. And then we built a, an eight foot tall luxury bookshelf. And I didn't mean, luxury. We looked up, we just got online and we're like, what's, what's the, the nicest, most expensive bookshelf out there? Got some pictures of the one we like, and then we built it. It was amazing. And we did the same thing, built a, just an absolutely gorgeous wooden chest for my wife for Christmas. And what great lessons, right? Going through that. So, so my enjoyment of tools and working you know, brought that to him as well. And it's for my son, especially, who's very tactile, uh, loves, love his hands on stuff. And to go through and teach him like, oh, wow, we, you know, we made that cut and it was just an eighth of an inch off. And, and you can't just say, oh, oh, well, that's close enough. You're like, no, this is luxury. This is, we're making this nice. So got to start over and we lose that piece of wood and you, know, you got to do it just right. And you learn about precision. It's awesome. So, um. You know, okay, let's let's go to something else like fitness. A lot of men love love fitness and and challenges, um, marathons and triathlons and adventure races. Or uh, I mean, this is where you get into adventure sports like the the rock climbing or, um, you know, whatever it is. Just pick your adventure sport. You're out there hiking or um, kayaking, boating, stand up paddleboarding, just whatever it is, right? Those any of those adventures, again. That can have a very, very good place in your life. But does it have the right amount of time in your life? Does it have the space in your life that makes it valuable and good and beneficial and wholesome and lifting and edifying? Is it adding value or it, does it begin? Um, there's this point, right? There's this chart where you see it, there's tons of benefit and then at some point it starts to level off and then at some point it starts to decline. And even something really good can get to a point where you're like, okay, we're starting to lose benefit here. And this, for me, I think it's this constant analysis, constantly reviewing and revising just an examining, just like okay, what uh, do we are we still in the zone of adding tremendous value? So with a lot of my kids, I love running, um, I love mountain biking, I love rock climbing, I love rappelling, I love um, tackling big mountains. So we're gonna we've done um, <clears throat> the base camp of Everest, uh, we've done Saba. we've done Cotopaxi, and we're doing Kilimanjaro, and I'm taking. To the four of my teenagers up Kilimanjaro, right, they're engaged, and it's going to be so hard, but they they want to do it, they're eager, they're excited, and they're training for it and and that's it's incredible, right it's amazing and they they come along in this journey of growth, and then we have the shared memory together this is this is fantastic so again, whatever it is if it's if it's cycling or rock climbing or kayaking boating, whatever your thing is, does it have an appropriate place in your life? And brother, gosh, the hard part here is just to be humble, humble enough to really honestly look at it and be like, okay, yeah, maybe it's a little excessive. And that's hard. That's hard for a lot of men to do because maybe you're passionate about it. Maybe you love it. Maybe you have all these great memories or these cool feelings or, you know, who knows, maybe it meant a lot to you for you and your dad or, you know, It was brought a lot of peace in your life, or it was during a time that just was really meaningful or really hard. And we have to have the manly maturity and meekness enough to say, you know, gosh, I love that so much, but I realize it's not, it's not adding the value. Like it needs to, and, and I'll have to let that go. I think the perfect example of that was watching sports for me. And I know that's another one I would bring up, is like watching sports. Um, a lot of men just absolutely love sports. We love sports. We're drawn to sports, and, and sports are these kind of um micro and macro uh heroes' journeys, right? And the problem is that in you know, the love of sports, it actually gets to a point where well, it can become super addictive and consuming, and <clears throat> it can pull you away. My preference has always been to play sports, to participate in sports, and not to watch sports. Because for me, I found I'm like, wait a minute, I'm I'm trying to live vicariously here through somebody else. Like I'm I'm being a spectator in somebody else's hero's journey instead of living my own. And I'm and watching. This was early on. I loved watching sports. I loved, loved, love American football, and. And, and like the NBA and stuff, and it was just so fascinating, so fun. But then I realized, man, what am I doing? I'm sitting here looking at this this black box, and even though you know, I kept trying to justify. I'm like, well, you know, my my kids are watching it, or at least they're in the same room, so I'm here with them. I'm just just watching the game. But I realized, like, no, that's not true. It's not true, and so, um you know we watch we watch a movie sometimes two a week um as uh, together as a family and and that's that's why I want I want to max that out right there right it, it, one or two and it's okay you watch it but it, it's it's quite passive and we dis- we, we watch you know thought provoking movies and we discuss them so that's helpful and, and there's there's some great movies out there that are worth watching but you know <clears throat> if we were watching a movie all the time every night and like oh this is how we this is how we connect as a family by when you step back and you look at it, like seriously, that's how you're connecting? Is you're all sitting there on a couch, like vegging out, passively looking at some screen? You're, you're. It's like you're training your entire family to be spectators in the game of life. And for me, I just, I did not want to do that, brother. I did not want to raise a bunch of spectators. I want to raise my children to be the heroes of their own story, to participate in life, and to win. I want them to be. You know action figures in their own lives and their own stories, and get out and in and live life themselves and so instead of watching sports, they're playing sports instead of watching adventures they're they're in the adventures instead of only reading or hearing about these great stories, they're actually participating in them instead of watching some show about the world or travel or adventure, like okay, watch the show because we're going, right. And and you fit it all in there. So like, yeah, we'll, we'll watch this documentary. It's awesome. And then we're gonna go, and we're gonna experience it ourselves. Cause that's the caliber of life I wanted to live with my children. I want to truly live, man. I truly live. I didn't want to merely exist, some humdrum existence, and then you know use anesthetics. And and numbing substances and pacifiers of like, well, we'll we'll just watch it on the show or, you know, like, oh, I'm, you know, the excuses you hear, oh, I'm too old and out of shape to play sports anymore, so we'll just watch them. That's bogus, man. Age is just a number. And if you're, if you're out of shape, that's on you. That's on you, brother. And you have a moral obligation and ethical responsibility to get in shape and stay in shape so you can participate. In the sports and help your kids get in the sports, but then again, even participating in sports can get out of balance. Right? <clears throat> There's families out there that either the the dad or the kids are just become absolutely consumed. And if your life revolves around sport, it's probably gotten a little out of balance. And if it's preventing other family activities and other other uh, <clears throat> pursuits, other desires, you're neglecting other things. And your life's out of balance, and it has been for a while. Then you might have to stop. And this is one of those hard ones where you have to be humble and meek and and honest with yourself and say, Yeah, this, you know, love this. It's awesome, exciting. But it's 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 not leading us to who we want to be and where we wanna be, right? It's not leading to the ideals we hold as a family and as a man with the caliber of people we want to be. And and it can be tough, man. I get it. Like for me to that commitment I made one day to just stop watching football. It was hard because I love football. I love watching football. I loved okay. playing football. But I thought, no, I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I don't, I don't want my kids growing up watching me watch that little box sitting in a chair or couch spending hours, you know, <laughs> screaming and yelling and cheering, jumping down at some little screen on the wall. When, when you step back and look at it, if you are like, coming from a, a different – uh, era, different planet, different, you know, culture and look at that like, it's so weird. It's so weird. And, and, and so it was hard, but I, I, I was totally honest. I'm like, you know what? Me watching sports is not going to help me be the world-class husband and father I want to be. So for me, I cut it out and it was worth it, man. And then eventually, actually we, we decided we're like, why are we even doing TV? So we didn't do t- TV at all. In fact, even when we watch movies now, we just we we watch it on the computer or something, um, or project it. So we we've never had like a TV subscription or anything like that. Um, so again, you just evaluate all things. And I know some of you just love movies, or you might even love video games, and you think, yeah, this is how we connect as a family, this is how we bond to playing games and and watching movies. But I guess I want to invite you to to reconsider that. Like is it <clears throat> is it really truly connecting? Are we using that as an excuse? Um, and is it the best way we can connect? And is there is there something more beneficial? So for, for me, for our family, like I would say, going on an adventure is more beneficial because we get we get the fitness. And health from it, we we're actively participating in it instead of passively participating in it, and we you know we get the experience and the exposure and the connection and the shared memory it, it's really powerful. and so yeah, does that require way more work? you know, watching movies or playing games with kids versus you know paying for them all to go to Africa? Yeah, man, Wow, way more work. But that's what we want, right? That's the kind of life I want. So you just keep going through the list. So sports, um, cars, tools, weapons. Um, what else? There's, you know, all the things men get into. and All kinds of, you know, competition. What kinds of competitions? Um, are, and are they, we get, you know, super competitive. It can be a very, very, very good thing. But. At some point, it can become detrimental. It can go too far, right? And and we all, again, humbly, honestly look look at it uh, objectively, step back, and be like, eh, "Is this going a little too far? Or is, has it gotten a little too soft?" You, you let it go. Like some of you, some of you might have slipped into this kind of the humdrum existence we were talking about, or the passive just letting things happen, and where you used to have that that fitness or that competitive edge or used to be into cool things and now you just like, meh, nah, nothing there, right? Um some of you love, you know, creativity and engineering and <clears throat> creating and making things. And some of you like destroying things and blowing things up and breaking things. Well, whatever it is, right? Um you might be into the beach going to the beach or going to the mountains. Um uh, you know, surfing or Skydiving, you know, whatever. Like, there's so many cool things and so many great things to do, and and we have like kind of these common denominators. But even even something like weightlifting can can get out of balance, right? Um, or even like you might be doing if you do an Ironman; those are phenomenal and they're great to train for. But gosh, the guys uh, the guys I talk to that I know that are doing that they can they can spend up to four hours or more a day training, and and that can get really out of balance. Uh, one gentleman I knew that he was really prioritizing his family. He's like, man, I just, I had to get up. <clears throat> I had to get up at like, I think it started at three 3.30 or 4 every morning. And he put his four hours in, right? But it's about 8 a.m. So he was there to do, you know, breakfast and family devotional with the kids in the morning. So his sacrifice was, was early in the mornings, right? So he didn't have to take away from them too much. And then work, of course. Men love work. We love working. and We love earning lots of money. And we love succeeding and that's it's all great but that often gets so far out of balance and our drive to succeed and our drive to earn more money our drive to thrive in business even though it's a very good thing it can get way out of balance and you have to stop and ask and say is this still providing the value I want am I still doing it for the right reasons is it, am I being temperate enough with this? Is it, has it, you know, taken the number one spot over my family? And and we'll say things like, well, I'm doing it for my family. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. But what does your family want? And and most families want you more than they want your money. And we need money. And, and I hope w- you guys are super abundant. All of it, right? And hope we succeed at the things we do. But let's not let that get out of balance. Um, Men can get into politics or religion. And we get really passionate about things we want to fight for. Again, all great things. All great things. But is it in the proper balance? Is it in its proper place? Is it taking its place behind the other things that are more important? And... If you become, in any of these things, if you become disengaged or grumpy or unpleasant to be around or stressed or distracted, then you might have to check yourself and either you have to make some changes or maybe it has to go or it has to be kept. Everything, every single thing we do at least has to have some pretty strong boundaries. You with me on that? Like set up those boundaries. Set up those boundaries and maintain them. Take even the good things; you gotta keep them in check, because a good thing can get can go too far, and it starts to take away from from life as it as it really needs to be, right? So it's so powerful and so important. And and uh, in the Be the Man Masterclass and Tribe, just a great community of great men. Love connecting with those. We meet we meet together every week, and I just I look forward to those those times we get together. I just absolutely love it. But um, so in, inside the master class, really broken down to what I call the triple trifecta. And I found that, that if we keep those in focus, then we win. And, and that's what a trifecta is. A trifecta is three things, three th- combining things that, that lead to a win. So it's fitness. It's fitness, family, and finances, right? Those are the, that's the, tr- the trifecta. But each of those has three things inside of it, right? So, inside fitness is mind, body, and spirit. And so, if you get up every single day, I was thinking about this while I was walking with my dogs in the forest and the beautiful peaks in the background and frost all across the grass and the, in the field. Oh man, it was awesome. And I was thinking about it, like, if, if you get up every single morning, and I have for, I've done this consistently for over twenty five years. Get up every morning, and do something to both nourish and exercise your mind. Your body and your spirit, so you're mentally fit, spiritually fit, and physically fit, and that's where that fitness comes in. That that has to be a priority. That, there has to be a place. And if you're if you're doing something that's that's off, that's preventing that, then you got to make some adjustments. Or even if you're doing one of those things to the neglect of the others, you got to make some adjustments. Then under family, it's your marriage, of course, which is your priority. Then uh, fatherhood with your kids, each of your relationship with your kids, and then your family legacy. Right now, this year, it's this is an exciting year, man. We're we're taking some huge, huge leaps. Um, honestly, biting off more than we can chew on purpose, so that we learn how to chew more. Uh, we're stretching our capacity, but we're we're taking these massive leaps in our family legacy, and we're constantly seeking out legacy type stuff. and And if we're not careful, gentlemen, we may end up inadvertently creating the uh, kind of a underwhelming pathetic little family legacy so that's worth that's worth asking yourself right now is like what is your family legacy and and the thought might be well we don't have one right well we're not working on it. we don't have one but everyone has one every family has one so what is it whether it was deliberately created or subconsciously created you have one what is it and I think some of you might be horrified to realize, like, man, our family legacy is to watch Netflix all the time. Ugh. Or our family legacy is to sit around gossiping about other people. Or our family legacy is just to be lazy, to take, take the easy road and complain about it if it's ever hard. Y- you with me here? You didn't do it on purpose, but <clears throat> if you don't do it, Deliberately, then it happens automatically by default. You you might have created this legacy of whining and complaining and and living behind fears or convenience or comfort. I mean, let that sink in. You might have created a legacy of just doing as little as possible or or entertaining yourselves to death. That's going to be a a huge shocker for a lot of people when they stop and look back like, what's our family legacy? Was, oh it's just seeking entertainment entertaining ourselves and for me gentlemen that's just that's just unacceptable for me and for my family like i don't I don't, want that. I don't want a legacy of entertainment and and interestingly nobody would ever accuse me or my family of not having fun of not really enjoying life just squeezing the juice out of life we have a blast we love life but we're not just you know, sitting around entertaining ourselves so, what is your family legacy? What do you want it to be? What's the discrepancy? And so this that that's actually a really solid uh, assessment for for this conversation today. Of like, what are all these these manly these manly things, these manly tendencies, and how are they fitting into the family legacy? Because you could you could set up like, oh, you know, our family legacy is we we just endlessly watch sports all the time, or or maybe it's like you watch sports all the time and the kids are just. People, your wife and kids are just tolerating it, and that's the family legacy. Is that the legacy you want? Or this absolute fixation on cars or toys, motorcycles, boats, snowmobiles, skis, you know, whatever it is. And, and again, those can have an absolutely fantastic place in the family culture and the family legacy, but they have to have boundaries and they have to stay in their proper place because it can get it can get too far. And so then you know jump ahead in your life, you know jump ahead 10 years, 20 years or to the end of your life and look back, will you be satisfied and do this, man, really really do this, get there, and think through it and feel it. Will you be satisfied with the the family legacy that you are currently building or that you have already built cuz it, it you've already built it, right? You've been married 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 25 years, 30 years, whatever. You've already built it. You've already built a legacy, whether you knew you were doing it or not. It's there. And if you don't like make real deliberate effort to improve it or change it, then it's likely just to stay what's there. And if if you were to get to the end of your life, or if your life were to end soon, would you be content, fulfilled with the legacy that you've built, man, that's powerful. That is absolutely powerful. Think through that, and think I gotta wherever you gotta make the changes, right? Wherever things have gotten out of hand, even with some good things, if you've let you've let it go too far. And I get it. I want to keep reemphasizing this. I know how hard it is to stop. I'm like, oh man, but I I really like that stuff. I'm really passionate. I'm really excited. I really get into it. But if it makes you grumpy or unpleasant or distracted or distant or absent, sorry, man, it either has to go or it has to get put back in its cage or on its leash because it needs to keep its proper place, right? And so, I don't know, maybe some of you are into animals. You got dogs or horses or cattle or whatever it is, right, all these things that men just love, like, ah, oh, we love that stuff, right, <clears throat> make sure it's in its place, that's, that's kind of my thought today, and, and I've, and I've been evaluating that for years and years and years, I, I started when I was 16, because I left home at 16, um, things weren't working out real well, and I was like, I'm, I'm gonna roll, and my parents have been divorced for a long time, and Stepdad's come and gone And I was like I'm out of here And then I I got out into life And it was hard And I saw I saw a lot of families uh, In a lot of different situations And it just It gave me time to reflect on You know What are the things that That people do That they get They get obsessed about And they get out of balance with And And then they neglect their families They neglect their health Or Their spirit They neglect Their relationships They neglect their their true priorities. By by whatever it is, and and then you know I've been able to work with thousands and thousands of people across five continents. I get to see this all the time, and so it's it's just giving me an opportunity to really it's been a great privilege, and a wonderful opportunity to really reflect on it and see, you know where where do things line up. And so, uh, brother, we would love love love. To have you be a part of the Be The Man Masterclass and Tribe if you're not a part of it already. And we talk about this every week, and it's inside the Masterclass. You, I mean, there's there's enough content in there for you to, to go through a lesson every single day. And it's just these little reminders every single day, right? The daily, it's the little daily efforts that make the biggest difference in our lives. And we get reminded of these things to keep um, our lives in a proper place, to be present and powerful, to be living as our best selves instead of some kind of default reactive state and just constantly checking in and like where, where are we at, right? And obviously going through the whole triple trifecta again and again and again and all the different ways that applies and all different aspects and tools and giving you the tactics and the proven systems and strategies. I mean, that's for the most part. If, if anything's off or failing or struggling in your life, it's, it's almost always because some kind of system or strategies is not working or absent, right? So uh, we'd love to have you join us, man. And so you can operate as your best self. Be the the very best husband you can be. Be an absolute world-class dad. Be a phenomenal businessman. And keep all those things in their proper place. And to be a leader and a philanthropist and a disciple and a scholar. And an adventurer and an athlete. And all these things, right? All these things we want to be as men. And we can. We totally can. But it has to be done in, a, in an effective strategic way uh, optimized right That's the words I love to use the most is holistic optimization just keep your life optimized and if you're optimized then you can do a ton of things if you're not optimized man <laughs> you struggle doing a couple things and that's that's the the big takeaway the big lesson so thanks for listening thanks for being here uh, if you like this episode of this podcast uh, leave a leave a good review and share it share it with other other, other men you you um, You work with friends, family, colleagues, people you know need to hear this. Love you guys. Be the man.